Welcome into The Exchange with yours truly, Nick Mangold, and my co-host, unfortunately, Mark Sanchez. Uh, Mark, how you doing tonight? Buddy, I got a gift in the mail. I just think it's strange that you send your own bobbleheads to people for the holidays. Listen, I'm like A-Rod, you know, signed all (laughs) gift packages. I thought that was Jeter. (laughs) Was it Jeter? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> come on now i love it but don't worry we all have we all get bobbleheads sometimes look, look at oh this nice yeah. they forgot uh-huh. to put my yeah. moles on there though i i draw them in on mine oh well a little this isn't this one isn't official unfortunately i guess um but you know as we are in the holiday season um i i need this from you and i'm putting you on the spot because i didn't tell you um so you're just gonna have to roll with it uh top five holidays go Top five holidays? Yes, of all time. Like, what's your uh, favorite holiday? And then what's your second favorite, third favorite? Everyone has their list. Wow. I mean, I am a big fan of Thanksgiving. I love eating. Okay, so Thanksgiving. And Next. I grew up in um, two different homes. Like, my parents were split up when I was little, so we'd get double Thanksgiving. Some kids think that's like a bad thing. Like, oh man, I have to do like two holidays and two this and two that. It was awesome. And I really leaned into that. Um, Was it the the same food at both or was it different? uh, Similar, similar food, but I would just, you know, you get to be a glutton for two days instead of just one. (laughs) It was great. Uh, Let's see. I mean, Christmas is, is great. You can't go wrong with Christmas. I was never really a big Halloween guy. I don't know. I wasn't. You don't like I just you like candy? I, I'm cool with candy, but I don't like seek out candy. If candy's available, I'll get it, but I'm not like yeah, a you candy go to the guy. door, you go to the door and they give you candy. It's fantastic. Uh, no, I understand how it works. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just I don't know, it was never really my thing. Um Easter's cool, you know, you get a week off of school. I don't know. Spring yeah. break. I guess it's cooler when you're in college. Yeah, um, oh, spring break is much cooler in college. Did you go on a cool spring break in college? I went to Cabo once. That was fun. Um, I, I no, not really. I didn't do any like crazy wild ones. It was usually uh, usually just something easy. But what your and your fifth holiday is? Fifth holiday would be Festivus. I don't know. Ah, that's a great one. December twenty third. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's beautiful. We have the we have the poll and everything. Um, for me <laughs> yeah. personally, uh, I go Thanksgiving, Christmas, Boxing Day, Fourth of July. No, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Fourth of July, Boxing Day, and then um, I would say Labor Day. Fourth of July. No, I'll go Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, no, Halloween over Labor Day. Halloween definitely. Yeah, we got a Easter gets we got lost. A, a killer beach volleyball tournament here in this community that I live in, and it's gotten pretty competitive. Um, mm-hmm. Like people are bringing in people from the U.S. national team, and like, you know, seven foot females just spiking balls right on your face. So it's gotten remember pretty intense. Cal- remember when California was running the tourist commercials, and like, not all Californians are like, you know, snowboarding and out on the beach, and you know, movie stars and all that stuff. You remember that? Like, it was a tourism ad. You remember that no. commercial at all? Uh, I don't. It was I don't know, but, but I really. That's not real. It's really true. Yeah. Everybody's snowboarding or at the beach. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's a a real thing. Dude, today Um, was the first day it rained out here. Everybody I know, oh, let's go to the mountains. (laughs) 
for like two days and go skiing and come home. Perfect. Um, all right. So we have a fantastic guest f- with us today. Um, it's an amazing interview. And in light of that interview, give me your best guarantee you've ever made. I don't I don't know. I think some of the like guarantees I had to have were like, you know, school tests and stuff like to make sure, you know, I'd study all week. And my dad's like, well, what are you going to get? And I'm like, a B. He's like, just a B. And I'm like, I'm like, unless, unless I get an A, he's like, so you're going to get an A. And I'm like, yes. Yes. Yeah. I think you want me to say yes, don't you? Yes. I I will go with yes. So I think Um, something like that. What about you? I can't count. I can't count mine as an actual guarantee, but I did. uh, I always wanted a son first. And so I got a son first. So I guess that maybe. I mean, I I guess I I don't know. I'll count it. That's my guarantee. Call your shop, boy. um, Call call my shop uh, or call. That was 11 years ago. Um, yeah. all right. So, so we have our guarantees, um, coming up is our interview with Joe Namath. Uh, he was a fantastic guest. He is an amazing quarterback, hall of fame quarterback for our, the New York jets. Um, let's check out and see what, uh, Joe had to chat with me and Mark. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, man, I've been a fan of yours and Nick's since you guys started out with the team. So thanks for having. Oh, this is great. Um, we're, I just remember when you came, to our facility during training camp and i've never seen our coaches get so giddy about broadway joe namath walking through the hallway in between meetings i mean coaches stopped everything they were doing it just it just um further showed me the impact you had on that generation of players but uh this all started with you getting drafted by the nfl and the afl on the exact same day so take me back to your draft experience and why you chose the Jets and and what that was what 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 um, what that was all about. Well, Mark, Nick, you guys understand. Uh, you mentioned coaches, and I was at Alabama and had uh, Coach Bryant as our leader, and uh, I was lucky. Had a great high school coach, had a great uh, college coach, and after we had played Auburn uh, the last game of the season. Coach Bryant came over to me in the locker room, you know, and I was I was actually taking uh, uh, Steve Sloan, the, our quarterback's uh, shoes off because he hurt his knee. And I'm down there messing around with his shoe, and Coach Bryant uh, came over and said, Joe, I looked up, yes, sir. Uh, he said, you know those pro scouts, they're going to be coming around talking about money. He said, you got any idea what you're going to ask for? And uh, uh, no, sir, uh, I don't know, uh, Don Truel uh, is a year ahead. Uh, I said, he, he signed, I think, for $100,000 or something. So I was thinking about asking for something like that. And he said, oh, he said, well, he took a draw off that big old Chesterfield. He was smoking or falling out, whatever. You go ahead and ask him for $200,000. That's a better place to start. <laughs> that, that that was good advice and it went on from there didn't you get like no. a car also oh yeah yes i did that but see what happened uh Mark, 
Nick, these guys showed up at our dorm. I, I didn't realize that I was drafted by the Cardinals. I didn't hear it. They didn't have it on television or radio either. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting upstairs in the dorm uh, in my room, uh, our room, uh, my roommate, uh, Pelham Butch Henry, named after General Pelham, of course, uh, the Confederate Army. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm up there and I get a a buzz there says, Joe, there's some guys down here in the lobby that want to talk with you. And I said, what are you talking about? The, the NFL scouts. So I went down and uh, they said they wanted to talk to me about the contract. And I, I was, come on, let's go upstairs. We went up to my room and uh, the two of them sat on my bed because I wouldn't let them sit on my roommate's bed. He had a He'd have thrown me out the window, you know. He, he was a tight head and a tough guy too. And he, he, uh, I, I, I sat them on, had him sit on my bed, and I, I sat on the edge of Butch's bed. And uh, they introduced themselves. One was uh, part of ownership with the Cardinals, and the other was the general manager. And uh, they told me they drafted me. And uh, so, what, what do you want? What, what kind of money are you going to ask for? And I was embarrassed. I had never heard of that much money before. I was embarrassed to ask for that kind of money. Uh, but I said, well, uh, I want $200,000 uh, to sign there. And, and they said, oh, my God. And the two guys fell on, on the bed. They leaned back. They went into this, you know, my God motion. And, and it made me feel like, a, I don't know, a jerk. And uh, I saw, oh, oh, oh uh, and, and a new car, too. <laughs> <laughs> and the guys looked at each other and said, oh, he wants a new car, too. And, uh, and then I did ask what kind of car. And I said, yeah, I had talked to a former high school teammate of mine who was playing out at West Texas State. And uh, he's from my hometown. And uh, he asked me uh, a couple of days before, he said, well, Joe, what, what kind of short are you going to ask for? What kind of car are you going to ask for, man? I said, man, I, I don't know. I really hadn't thought about that. And he told me to get a Lean Continental convertible. It was the baddest short out there. Barn doors <laughs> opening, you know, kind of. Out. And uh, so that's, that's what I asked for. And they looked at each other. They said, oh. Sure, he wants a Lincoln Continental. <laughs> oh, I love it. I really, I thought that it was just it was awkward as heck. And then the man goes, opens his briefcase, and starts pulling out papers for me to sign. And <laughs> yeah. you know, Coach Brown had told a, a handful of us that might get drafted not to sign anything because we had a game coming up in the Orange Bowl. We had a bowl right. game to go to, and he told us, you, you'd make us ineligible, you'd be ineligible, you'd be breaking the rules, and don't you sign a thing. Well, God had the pen in the contract to sign, and I told him, oh, no, no. Coach Bryant told us, he said, don't even take a Coca-Cola from me. I love it. A bottle of don't even take a Coca-Cola from me. <laughs> And uh, so I told him, I, I can't sign, man. You know, we got a, we have a game coming up. And uh, it turned, you know, and they just couldn't get me to sign the papers, you know. So uh, that was that, and they left, man. I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. You know, when I saw, uh, you know, looking back at it, 
you know, you ended up choosing the Jets and coming to New York, you know, coming out of Pennsylvania, you know, growing up there and knowing the, the wonders uh, that is the big city of, of New York City and, you know, the big lights and everything. Um, signing that the largest rookie deal of any sports at $427,000, which, Mark, I think you signed for just a little bit more than that uh, on your rookie <laughs> deal, just slightly. Um, when, when you signed that deal, Joe, what did you buy? Like, what was, what'd you go out and get? Was it the iconic fur coat? Uh, was it a watch? Was it the car? What, like, what was that first purchase after you signing know, that deal? Uh, First of all, it was a print, the president of the New York Jets at the time, along uh, with the rest of the ownership, man, they were great. They were terrific. I got a chance to meet them uh, uh, by going out to seeing them play. Uh, Sonny Werblin invited me out to play, uh, to see the Chargers play. And my representative time, representative, whom I called right after these two guys left, you know, I... I got a buddy and we went down to the Old South coffee shop and we're sitting there talking, man. Hey, this guy's offered that money. I didn't know what to do. Bup, bup, bup. So uh, I said, I need help. And that's when I called a, a friend of ours up in Birmingham, an attorney named Mike Bite. And uh, Bite, Mr. Bite, uh, worked out a, a deal the way that we would go visit with uh Mr. Werblin and the jet ownership out in San Diego, Mike paid for the tickets. I didn't pay for the tickets. Mike was able to pay for the tickets because he was my friend and we're going out to see what was up. And whenever I met uh, the Jets and Mr. Werblin, uh, especially the ownership and Mr. Hess, uh, there, was, there was no contest. Uh, it was no contest. New York City, uh, uh, the Jets uh, uh, being a, really a, a startup league, because I've been watching the AFL play since 1960, you see, so I had watched them the first four, four years or so, and I saw some cats that could play, like Lance Allworth, you know, Jim Otto I'm talking about. These guys could play, and I knew it was good football, so uh, I... I Fell in love. Uh, well, I actually uh, liked the ownership and being in New York. You know that that was attractive too. <laughs> you know, I, I find it um, interesting. Like we look back at it, you know, as kids and and looking back at history, the AFL kind of being the renegades. Um, you know, where it's a startup league going against the NFL, and, and you know, working on that merger and everything. Did you guys feel that when you were playing as as part of the Jets? Um, I know Bill Callahan used to talk about it with the Raiders. Like they had that feeling, the AFL, that they were they were the renegades and they were coming in. Uh, did you have that same feeling as a player, you know, going through it? Well, no, not necessarily re renegades. Those other guys were like they tried to sign me uh, underneath the table or, you know, behind the doors, man. They were breaking the rules. No, we were second class. We, we, we were uh, not up to par. We weren't the same quality on the football field. The National League had been around, and they had the players. They had the great players going for them. And uh, we had to prove ourselves. We had some outstanding players, even great players. But until we won, we weren't accepted throughout the football world. The first championship game that was played, finally, 
uh, I believe it was in 66, uh, 67, uh, the Green Bay Packers beat the Kansas City uh, Chiefs out in uh, Los Angeles in the Coliseum. Marky, I don't know if you even been to that game or it was were you born at that time? It's a couple, <laughs> couple years before me. And, and then the second championship game, it was the Packers again, and they beat the Raiders down here in Miami. And I've often said, man, if we're out in the backyard playing or whatever, if you lose two out of three or two, you know, the first two, it, God, that third one, you, you're going to be out of things. So uh, we were lucky in that uh, – not lucky. We had a good team, you know, but we weren't renegades. We were the little guys on the block. We had to grow up. We had to prove ourselves. And until we beat the other side, uh, you weren't going to be accepted. And we won that game. And then in Super Bowl four, the Vikings had a terrific team. But, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, they did it. So the leagues merged on an even playing, you know, two games apiece, right? Two championships apiece. And I, I believe they started calling it the Super Bowl. Uh, one of Mr. Hunt's grandchildren, uh, there was a ball that they called the Super Bowl, and he said Super Bowl, and then the, the Super Bowl was dubbed, uh, well, we go back to the first one now, Super Bowl one, two, three. Yeah. And so when you... It, it you make it sound like they're you know you guys were like the second class league and you had something to prove. Is that what in Super Bowl three or the week prior to Super Bowl three? Is that what led to the guarantee? Because you're in that press conference and I've heard you talk about this before, but they're just you know berating you with these questions about well what about the Colts and what about Johnny U and what about the NFL and they're better and you finally just came out and guaranteed a victory. Is that what kind of led to it more than just the questioning that week, everything before that? You know, you guys played at home when you were kids growing up. You play where you play and you, you uh, develop uh, a confidence, an attitude in your side and you're on your team, whether they get old, you just want to uh, prove it. You have to prove it. And sometimes you don't get a chance to prove it. And we, our team, the New York Jets, uh, we're the ones that earn the chance. The, the, I tell you, the tough game, man, and I've said this before, Mark, Nick, the toughest game physically uh, up to that time that I had ever been in and won was the championship game, the AFL championship game against the Raiders out there in Shea Stadium. I mean, the Raiders were a good team. And uh, when we beat them, uh, we didn't need any extra confidence. We, we, we were confident, man, and, and because we played well and, and believed we could win. When we beat the Raiders, uh, we were just looking forward to the uh, Baltimore Colts game. And the bookmakers, you know, uh, the odds makers, uh, we have a bunch of them around, uh, even going back then made us a big underdog. It was ridiculous. At least we thought it was ridiculous. But uh, the football world, you know, hey, man, the Colts were a solid team. They lost one game that year. One game they lost that opening day at Cleveland. They lost to the Cleveland Browns. And then in the 
NFC Championship, they beat Cleveland 34 to nothing. <laughs> I mean, Baltimore was tough, boy. But uh, Mark, go back. Yeah, there was a wise guy that mouthed off at me at uh, a banquet down in Miami. And, uh, you know, I just uh, I had heard enough at that time. I did have a little bit of uh, libation or whatever that stuff <laughs> the guy was a wise guy and uh when he said that uh, i told him you know i got news for you we're gonna we're gonna win the game i guarantee you the language was a little different you know there was some uh, uh, but, uh yeah he brought it out you know if that guy didn't open his mouth and say that i would have i probably would have never said that uh, because uh we went coached that way. Yeah. Well, we're glad you did. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm glad he, I'm glad he asked that because, it. I mean, it makes for a fantastic story. Um, as you know, Mark and I have a very unique relationship, that quarterback center relationship, and, you know, we're kind of stuck together forever. Um, can you give me a great – and I love the guy. Uh, your um, center for the Super Bowl winning team, John Schmidt, he is a fantastic guy. I've been able to to get to know him over my time with the Jets and, and through different practices and, and outings and everything. Um, can you give me a great John Schmidt story that you've never told? Like of a center quarterback, that center quarterback story, because I have one of Mark where he ended up TPing my house one Thanksgiving night, which we'll get into that later. But um, but so there's there's these little things, these little things between quarterbacks and centers that no one ever hears about. And and I love John. So if you have a good story of that quarter quarterback center relationship, uh, I would love to be able to hear it. You know that I've never told. No, I don't. Uh, I love John, man. We we were we were tight, of course. Uh, but uh, he was a workhorse. You know, guys would go to work before practice. John was one of them. You know, the payroll at the time, uh, guys were earning 10000 a season. 20000 was high. A veteran like Grantham might have been getting 30000 And uh, our guys went to work in the morning. And we, our general wow. manager and coach, he knew that they needed that additional income. So we didn't practice until noon. We didn't have to be out there until noon every day. And uh, that kind of helped some of us be able to get around town in the evening, you know. <laughs> uh, because it, 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 being a quarterback and a center, you know, you got to know numbers. Well, how many hours we need to sleep, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, if you get your seven or eight, well, what time does that mean you, you, you go to sleep? So the nightlife was good. John Schmidt was wonderful. Uh, he's a very uh, emotional guy. And, and I've told this story, I, I, I've got to tell you, I mean, I see pictures where John's picking me up off the ground by the Nick by the back of my pads, you know, picking me up off the ground, uh, helping me. He was always uh, special out on the field. But it, it, this was funny to me. Now, I've told this before, but because uh, I, I don't recollect anything I haven't said about Schmidt already, <laughs> you see. Uh, we were, we were training camp. I was a rookie at training camp. Oh, no, this was my fourth year, man. We play, we trained up at a, a, a military uh, uh, prep school 
for our first, my first three years there because uh, a couple of the owners were on the board of the school up there. You know, the beds wouldn't, didn't fit. Uh, Nick, you would have had to get the, the dead, you know, the wood. They brought in lumber to put on the, on the bed so they could make them big enough. Uh, anyway, Schmidt, our, our center, who's got a great personality, but uh, one day at training camp out at Hofstra, uh, I go downstairs and there was only one phone in the building that you could use. It was a pay phone on the wall, right? It was on the wall. And there was a line of guys, usually two, three deep, to use the pay phone. Well, I come downstairs, I'm going to make a phone call, man, and Schmidt's on the phone. So I start standing there and waiting, waiting. Now all of a sudden, John starts sobbing, crying. Oh, honey, I love you. I miss you. I love you. I want to see you. I can't, I can't get along without you. Oh, God. Well, you know, we're at Hofstra at Hempstead. His wife was over there at Merrick. I mean, you could you could almost walk there. <laughs> <laughs> My man, he was, he, you're a henpeck? You talk about a guy that was henpecked. We used to bust chops about, you know, guys. The girlfriend had them under their thumb and stuff. So <laughs> definitely a henpecked guy from the get-go. But he was always a great player. Wonderful, man. He, he, he was terrific. That I mean, that sounds just like Nick. That's so funny. We have so much in common. Um, no, I remember Nick. Uh, we're in the divisional game. We were playing against the Patriots, and I was mouthing off a little bit because we had started winning, and um, I, we either had like a quarterback sneak or something. But Vince Wilfork was the big defensive lineman there, and he came across the line of scrimmage on something, and Nick jumped right in front of me. <laughs> And all I could think, like, I'm trying to stand my ground like I'm some tough guy. And he's like 350 pounds. That dude would have squashed me with one hand or threw me out of the stadium or something. And Nick stepped in front. And I remember just thinking, like, thank God. <laughs> thank God Nick's here. I was yeah. so scared, but I had to stand there, you know. So we yeah. love our centers. That's too funny. You've you've talked about how much fun that you did have in Manhattan. And our, our good buddy Mark here had a lot of fun as well. Um, you obviously had more years of, of opportunity uh, to take advantage of uh, everything that Manhattan has to offer. How would you rank how Mark did in his <laughs> nightlife um, and dating scene? Did he do well enough? Could he have done more? He's Pro looking balls. great. Look at him. He's here. He's healthy. He's strong. You know, the man scored. You know what he's going to do? <laughs> you know, I don't, things, I don't think he uh, went out enough. Some things we don't tell the whole huddle, you know, or we don't talk about, you know. Out Thank there. you. You know, there, there are things that uh, we try to keep, and we do keep to uh, ourselves or between the, just the two of us, the three of us, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, no, man, uh, Mark did just right. He, he's fine. <laughs> Thank you. What about the, this? Um, I know you had an acting career. You pursued acting once you were done playing what was the you know your favorite role or your best acting experience and what was the toughest part yeah the toughest part was not being educated the toughest part was learning on my feet so to speak uh i had an opportunity is what it was there there's a old vaudevillian who had the kenley players of ohio this a theater troupe and uh he got the idea 
that uh, I would uh, be good for, for a play called Pick Me and uh, maybe sell some tickets. And we started out, the Kenley Players of Ohio was in Columbus and uh, uh, Dayton, Ohio and uh, another town there. Anyway, I, I said, wow, this is cool. Because I, I had appeared in many TV shows uh, uh, or so before that, but I, I never studied. I didn't have the education. And it, it, it was uh, testy. The, uh, the, it was wonderful. You know, I, I, I recognized the longer I've lived, how little I knew and uh, how I kept just getting opportunities and, you know, things uh, worked reasonably well. I met wonderful people, uh, worked with wonderful people and uh, some jerks too, like, you know, on a football team, you know, hey, you're working together and, and some guys aren't, uh, you know, just, you we go our separate ways. We don't have to love one another, you know, we do <laughs> work together. Uh, but man, yeah, I, I had, I worked with guys I saw when I was a kid almost, you know, on the, on the big screen, man, Lee Marvin, you know, we're doing it. And, and Robert Shaw, we're over in Germany and Italy with his machine guns, Tommy guns shooting us. <laughs> I'm looking, uh, Ann Margaret, my God, she was wonderful. So the nicest lady I ever saw. I saw her with Elvis Presley and she was she was special. She was fire, you know, when I was looking at the movie. She was such a nice person, you know, just That's one. cool. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were so, um, I, I think everyone uh, that I, I don't have any bad memories of uh, any of the uh, uh, plays, uh, theatrical productions, movies. I don't have bad memories. I just wish I, I could be doing. <laughs> you know, you, you're learning on your feet, man. You look back at it, mighty. You know, I, I just, <laughs> but I wasn't prepared for this, and uh, it worked out. You know, I, I had some wonderful times. That's cool. So, how do you think, um, as you look back and you know, you reflect back and you know, the awesome career. Um, you know, being able to do some of the acting, being able to do the things that you've done. Um, if you were, if you were to come out now and come into the NFL, how do you think you would fare? How do you think you would deal in today's NFL compared to the NFL of the sixties? I probably wouldn't make the roster. First of all, I had a wheel, uh, I had a, a knee, you know, that, that we, we never did get right. But it was able to play. And uh, when I see the game today with the players today, it, it's wonderful. It's faster than ever. You know, we, we did. I never took a snap from shotgun. You know, we were under the center all the time. We didn't have the kind of motion, the movement offensively that we see today in, in the game, even last several years. The coaching has improved and the players have improved immensely in, in every sport. Yeah, I think I should maybe don't know every sport, but you look at these guys uh, playing playing hockey now, man, and, and playing basketball. Uh, I, I repeat myself sometimes when, when I'm sharing some history, but the guy that invented basketball, Naismith, I don't think he ever ever 
thought it was going to be played above the rim. I mean, <laughs> these cats are up above the rim these days, you know, and many years past. But the nutrition, the food, the weightlifting, we did not even have a weight room at the <laughs> University of Alabama or at the New York Jets. We didn't have a weight room. John Riggins came in. And he was a guy, he'd hit a speed bag, you know, he, he brought his own speed bag in and hit skip rope and do that kind of thing. But uh, it, it was so different. No, I, I certainly couldn't have measured up uh, uh, back then. I, I think it'd be hard. There, there were special athletes, you know, Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers could play any time, you know. Uh, <laughs> he'd be able to go with Jimmy Brown. Uh, but uh, uh no, the, the game uh, is wonderful today, and you work at it year-round now. Yep. Remember, I, I mentioned we, we had guys going to work in the morning <laughs> to practice. What did, what did your center do for work, for his, like, day job and then go to football? Where did he work? Schmidt was in good shape. His grandma was uh, president, uh, I believe, uh, of a union, and uh, he, he got some good work. And, and John... Always shows up in his Rolls Royce for the last 25 or 30 years. But his Rolls Royce with uh, whatever alligator shoes he has, man, he's always, <laughs> he's as clean, he's slick as a whistle boy, he is sharp, and he, dread, he has the threads and the automobile, and his children are good, educated. He's, he's a great man, John Schmidt. He's, he's raised That's a cool. beautiful family, uh, and he earned it. I mean, he worked it. He put the time in, buddy. That's great. I do love that Rolls Royce that he rolls up in. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's cool. Although I think in today's day and age, you know, if if you if it was still the same, and you know, you come out and you know, you're coming out of Alabama, I think what would be more impressive, um, obviously, I think the football would still translate. It would just be a different game. But I think you would you would have been, uh, I think, an ultimate social media influencer. Um, you know, if it had it at the time, like Mark barely is, but I feel like you. I think you could have taken the reins of that. And really dominated that role, which I think would be really cool to like. When I think about these kind of things, I, I think it would be awesome to be like, God, what would Joe Namath be like if if he had Twitter, like it, or or Instagram? I think it would be amazing. You know what? I go back. I think about what my mother was saying about a twelve cent loaf of bread. Hey, what's it cost today? I remember gasoline at eighteen cents a gallon, twenty five cents a gallon. You know, time marches on, man, and things change big time. That's Probably our, our only constant is change, you know, and uh, the, the game of football, and like I mentioned, the other games, the other sports, it's grown. It's so much better. These athletes, you, you watch it, and not to take anything away, you can't take anything away from the Boston Celtics that won all those championships with Russell and all, but you watch a highlight film, and they're coming up the floor kind of slow, you know, passing the ball. You look at these guys today playing basketball, man. They're up and down that court flying. You know, it, it's a, it's a different world in so many ways. It really oh, no. is, and um, I think you know, as we we like to finish these things up, we would like to do a little rapid fire questions for you, um, just a you know, quick one answer, either or, this or that type thing. Um, so we're gonna hit you with a couple of quick ones, uh, just to see where you land on some of these things, if that's all right with you, Joe. Well, it's all right with me because I know I don't have to react. <laughs> all right, so here's the first one. Um, give me, uh, are you Mets or Yankees? 
Oh man, you see that? I could spend a half hour on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, we played with the Mets. Yogi coached the Mets. He played for the Yankees. You know, Mickey Mantle and I were tight, man. We worked together. We had a trainer with the Jets that went and became the trainer for 40 years with the Yankees. You know, Joe Pepitone brought the first hair dryer into the locker room, you see. And you know these guys. And I, I, I would love to see the Yankees and the Mets play and the best team come out. I don't have a favorite. I'm a people guy. I love it. Understandable. I love Understandable. it. For example, you know, guys, you know people on every team around the league practically, right? You just want to see a good performance and the team that earns it come out on top, you know. It, but, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 Yankee, I'm a Yankee fan and a Met fan. I promise you that. I, I even had the Yankees on. Okay. <laughs> that was good. And, and Yogi Bear. I mentioned Yogi uh, uh, was standing in Shea State and he was working with the Mets at the time. And Yogi and I are talking, and Yogi's we a, re, a restaurant came up. Which restaurant do you, you, you like, or whatever? And I said something, and he's ah, nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. <laughs> you had to you had to live a while to understand that. I thought he was crazy, but I could see now it was a crowded joint. You don't go there if you're somebody like That's Yogi funny. or whatever. Yeah. That's funny. Um, well, I love the political answer. What about? Uh... Knicks or Nets? Oh, Knicks or Nets? Well, it starts out with the Knicks, man, because uh, Clyde was smooth as could be. Bradley, I'd be over there watching those games, man, when those cats were, were doing Lucas. Hey, God almighty, they were great. And then uh, the Nets. I went over to Fort Lee to watch them play when they were the other league or whatever first, you know, before this all kept rolling. Uh, there was a guy that lived across the street from me at uh, Gobbler's Knob. He had a joint called Gobbler's Knob over there, a bar. And he had a bit of Duke graduate and a basketball player. Art Heyman was his name. So we ended up going over to watch Art play basketball. So, But that's the next, the next to start with, yes, and to this day. There we go. Um, all right. Next one up is uh, Peter Lugers or Delmonico's? Well, you know what? Only because I've been around a while, man, I've got to be uh, politically correct here. They're both wonderful. <laughs> you can't go Wait, wrong. You had your own steakhouse. You had oh, a steakhouse. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, we have a couple of nice restaurants here in Jupiter, right on the south jetty of uh, Jupiter Inlet. Uh, Charlie's and Joe's at Love Street. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun. The food's outstanding. And uh a lot of folks are frequenting the place. But you have you have a you had a steakhouse in New York, is that correct? No. Oh well, I had a fast food operation called Broadway Joe's. Okay. Uh, originally. But Joe's uh Broadway Joe's steakhouse was there since the 50s or so, or late 40s and 50s down in the theater district around 41st or so uh, off uh, Broadway. Okay, very good. Uh, okay, what if you had to pick one borough in New York, what would you pick? <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> Staten Island, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, Manhattan 
fingers. Whatever. Thank you. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. You know, I mean, we, I went through Queens flushing many times, man, and out to Long Island too, you know, and over to the Bronx, man. Yes, sir. But uh, Staten Island only just once. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, last one for you, and this one uh, is going to be uh, – I assume I know the answer to this one um, after the answers that have been given already, but I'm gonna, I'm still going to ask it. All right, Empire State Building or Statue of Liberty? Oh, please, the Statue of Liberty. That, I mean, ladies first, and she means so much more, man, to us, uh, to all of us, the whole country, the world, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, Empire State Building is special, and I got lucky uh, – was able to take my daughters up there and the man that took us there took us all the way up above all the way up to the top of the empire state building the, above the the level where we normally go and uh it was exciting it is awesome, awesome. up there um i joe i want to thank you so much for taking the time to spend a little bit uh, uh of dealing with mark and i um because i know we're a lot um, but thank you so much, Mark, and I really appreciate you coming on, um, chatting with us. It, it means the world, um, you know, knowing our Jets history um, and, and what you mean to this organization. Um, to have you here with us it, has been fantastic. Well, I thank you. I like you guys both. I feel like I've known you for a half a lifetime, too, you know, <laughs> and uh, I'm still wearing the green, boy. You yeah, know? baby. Green. That was awesome. I mean, Joe Namath. Who's better than that? that what a great guest. Um, I loved his stories. And, you know, talking about him being out in Manhattan, being drafted by two different football leagues on the same day. I mean, that guy, I could have sat in there for hours with him. But we appreciate his time. And, Nick, that brings us right back to the holiday season. And I'm curious, what's, what's the best gift that you've given or received um well i don't give gifts um i'm given <laughs> oh i know um, because oh, <laughs> i'll get out of here i gave you the gift of protection um <laughs> let me see here i feel like this is a obviously a straight plug for yourself um because you were a fantastic gift giver um so now i have to choose between although i will say one of my like welcome to the nfl moments was in 2006 my rookie year um, Chad Pennington got us all um, Blu-ray players like when they Ooh. first came out so they were huge <laughs> and they were amazing and, and nobody had the disc anyway so it didn't really matter but it was like one of those things like yeah I got I got a Blu-ray player but whatever um, yeah it was pretty cool and then he also got us like a MacBook MacBook which was amazing well, nice. so like Chad was fantastic but you came in over the top um it's a tough call. You did some great gifts over the years. Um, I love my watch. That's a lasting yeah. one. Um, I'm a big fan. But my favorite was by far the travel voucher, um, which was, I think it was your first year? I think so, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that one, we used it uh, to uh, – we had uh, self-plug. I was in the Pro Bowl, which was in Miami that year. Um, and so we used the travel voucher. We flew from Miami to Cabo, um, and it was our first time staying in Cabo. We had never gone before, probably never would have without the, uh, the voucher, yes. um, because she, the travel agent lady kind of directed us that way. So, um, it was like, and now Cabo is like a very special place. So that was a, a fantastic gift. 
So little did you know, I, you know, I was talking to the travel lady and I was like, hey, keep the prices down. Send them to Cabo or something. <laughs> it's like, don't <laughs> let them go anywhere. <laughs> don't let them go anywhere else. I got a good deal in Mexico. They'll take exactly. care of me. Don't worry. Exactly. exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, quarterback had to be tough because you're always giving gifts. I don't know. Did you do you have a favorite gift that you received, or was it more the joy of giving gifts? I enjoyed giving the gifts. I liked seeing guys getting the stories of where they went. Um, you know, knowing that guys still wear the watch, that's really cool. Um because we, you know, that took a little time to figure out what we wanted to get and pick out and all that. So um, that made it really fun for me. But it sounds like we got some gifts for some season ticket holders and people who listen to the show. We do. We do. Um, as And we have the helmet. I, I have a helmet right here. Um, I don't know if you have one as well. Um, but we are going to be signing these massive helmets, which I still like they're pretty heavy. I don't know why I got my, how I wore these. My helmet there delivery service here. Say what's up, guys. Perfect. What, what's up, DJ? Say go jets. Go jets. All right. There we Who's go. This? Nice. The New York Jets, baby. <laughs> Very good. So we're gonna sign these. We're gonna sign these, and as a thank you to our valued season ticket holders, we're putting a few of these signed helmets up on the Jets Rewards portal for you. Visit nyjets.com/rewards to access the portal and redeem yours. Um, it's a, just a little little gift giving. You know, Saint Nick. I had a, a Santa hat on at the game this past uh, week, so uh, it was Love a lot it. of fun. So we're just in the giving spirit, really. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, I appreciate it, Nick. We want to thank Joe Namath uh, and our mm -hmm. sponsors. So much fun today, but don't forget as listeners, be sure to rate, review, and follow us. Listen to us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.